Hello, friends. Welcome to the Spots of Time podcast with me, your host, Kim Scott. Thank you for joining in for just a little inspiration to empower hope and healing for yourself and for others. So let's get started. Hey, friends. Welcome to my 10th episode. (laughs) I am so excited. I I can't believe that I'm already here at uh, 10 episodes. And what a perfect topic for this 10th episode, which is called Staying Prayed Up, because I truly believe that this is how I got here to celebrating my 10th episode from staying prayed up. And it's one of my favorite topics to talk about and to share all about prayer. You know, put simply, prayer is how we connect with God, a God who is closer to us than we are to ourselves. Prayer helps us to grow in relationship with God and also into the fullness of who we are, who we were created to be. And so I want to just start by asking a question. Do you desire a bolder, deeper, more intimate relationship with God? Well, prayer is how you get there. And so today I'll be sharing a little bit about what I believe prayer is, a little about my journey, and then I'm going to share some ideas for different ways to pray, different ways to connect with God. And so I hope you enjoy and I pray you find a little inspiration to grow your prayer life. One of my favorite songs these days is Need a Favor by Jelly Roll. It starts out with the lyric, I only talk to God when I need a favor. And I only pray when I ain't got a prayer. So who the hell am I to expect a savior if I only talk to God when I need a favor? It's a really good song. But when I heard it months ago, I thought, wow, that is so raw, so real. And I remember all too well the days when I prayed because I needed a favor. And when I tried to pray, there just weren't any words. I just sort of hoped that God knew the words of what I needed. How about you? Have you been there? Maybe this is where you are today. In the scriptures, St. Paul advises us to pray always. In some translations, the word is unceasingly. He says, don't be anxious in everything. Pray. Pray always. Pray unceasingly, or in today's language, 
staying prayed up. You may wonder, is that even possible? Is it possible to pray always? Well, I'll circle back around to that toward the end of the episode. But as I reflected on this topic, what first came to mind were the many years I questioned my ability to pray. I would think, am I doing it right? Should I just recite the prayers that I know? And even that word, recite, is that even praying? How do I know God can hear me? And why do I get bored or distracted when I'm praying? Why does my mind remind me of all the things I need to do as I begin to pray? I know I'm not the only one who has asked these questions. In fact, I have ministered to many people, young and old, who have expressed similar inquiries. You see, prayer can sound like such a religious word that possibly conjures up shame and guilt as we struggle with thoughts about not knowing how to pray or not doing it in the right way. For many of us, prayer was taught that it begins on our knees before bed or saying grace before meals. It took me a long time to realize that prayer was ultimately a relationship with God, and it could occur anywhere. Eugene Peterson said, Prayer is the mother tongue of the spiritual life. It is a way of communication with God that is as natural as breathing. Prayer is the place where we come to be with Jesus, where we come to know Him, and we learn and grow how to be more like Him. For me, prayer makes my burden light and my soul feel rested. Even a quick chat with Jesus can calm my soul. I talk to Jesus all the time, just because I want to, not really because I need something, but just to check in, to share what's going on with me and to hear what he might want to say to me. Now, of course, there are those times when I do need or want something. And during those times, I pray intentionally. Sometimes there are times when, especially with producing this podcast, that I pray to increase my knowledge or to be inspired about a particular topic or staying in tune to what God wants to say through me. And so for me, praying is something I need to do for my own inner peace, my stability, to feel close and connected to God. Kind of just like the people who I'm closest to in my life. You know, I reach out to them to feel connected, 
for my inner peace and stability and to feel close to them. C.S. Lewis wrote, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. Prayer does not change God. It changes me. I love that. Because I think we need to remember that without God, we are truly helpless. I think we forget that. We think that whatever we need or want comes from us doing the work, working hard. Now, this is partly true, but I think we have to learn that. And I think, honestly, this might be the most important lesson as we move through the journey of life. We need to learn to depend on God. But from the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden, the serpent assured Adam and Eve and assures us that we can be like God, that we don't need God. The idea that what we need or want is solely up to us, that idea of independence from God, all of that silences our need to pray. But as C.S. Lewis said, It is our helplessness that fuels and leads us to prayer. Now, when I was first renewing my faith and trying to build a relationship with God in my late 20s, I had no idea how to pray, where to start, or what to do. (laughs) And I don't remember who it was, but Someone suggested that I pray with the Psalms. You know, that was really great advice. I love the Psalms. They cover every emotion, every feeling, every need, whether it's joy or happiness, sadness or fear or anger or sorrow or repentance. Still today, my favorite psalm is Psalm 27. It just gives me a sense of boundless hope that God will rescue me from my foes, from darkness, from any worldly messes that I bring into my life. You know, It's kind of an anthem of trust and faith for me that God sees me, God hears me, and that God's got me. Funny story, many, many years ago, when I was in my early 30s, I had a personalized uh, license plate for my car that said Psalm 27. That's how much I believed in it. It felt like a prayer of blessing and protection. And even now, 
Psalm 27 will pop up just when I need to be reminded that God is my light and my salvation and that I do not need to fear, that he is the stronghold of my life. Stronghold. That's not a word we use often, but it means a place of safety. How awesome is that? That God is my place of safety. And therefore, I don't need to be afraid of anyone or anything. If you open your Bible to the book of Psalms, you'll see that each psalm has a thematic header. So like there are psalms of celebration and thanksgiving. There are psalms of sorrow and lament. There are psalms of repentance. Praying the psalms got me started in growing my relationship with God. Now, as I grew in my faith, I learned and enjoyed many different types of prayer. I read lots of books and heard many talks on prayer, just from a desire to know God more intimately. And then at some point, I started using my journals to pray. That was and still is at times very fruitful. It just seems easier at times to have my words kind of flow out in writing than in vocal prayer. So if you're a writer, maybe journaling prayer would be helpful for you. I think, though, through my 30s, the problem with my prayer was that it wasn't consistent. I think I thought of prayer as kind of a prescription. You know, when something hurt or when I was in a desperate situation or feeling anxious about something, that's when I showed up to talk to God. But often my words amounted to, hey, God, I need a favor. Now, it was in my 40s, specifically in June 2004, I really needed prayer. I was helpless, and I had a huge ask, a big favor, but I didn't know what type of prayer to commit to for consistency. Gary and I had decided to pursue adoption. We didn't tell many people right away, but one of the people we told was and still is a devout Catholic woman, a friend of ours. Well, she gave me a gift. It was one of her personal rosary beads. And she said, I hope you don't mind, but I want to give you these to borrow. I think praying the rosary will give you the strength you'll need for the journey. Now, I had gone to Catholic school for 12 years, so of course, I knew what a rosary was. And in fact, I had several of my own rosary beads, but they only came out when we would go to a prayer vigil for someone who had died. 
The rosary was usually the prayer prayed at the vigil. Now, I was grateful for the suggestion, but I didn't think it was the prayer for me. I remembered getting bored with repeating the same prayers over and over again. And after a while, the prayers lost their meaning. I was just saying words. Well, one morning as I sat in our living room, wanting to pray, and nothing was coming, so I went and I retrieved the gift, the borrowed rosary beads. And I just sat there with the beads in my hands, and I started praying Mary's prayer, the Hail Mary, over and over and over again. I did this every morning, and I can't really remember when it happened, but eventually, as I prayed each morning Mary's prayer with those rosary beads, I grew in peace and calm, and I had a deep assurance that our daughter was on her way to us. Now, next week's episode, I'm going to dive deeper into the journey to adopting our daughter and the many, many answer prayers and literal miracles I experienced. So be sure to tune in to hear about this special journey that I took with God. But let me just share this. I prayed with those beads every morning. Now, there's a structure to praying the rosary. You're supposed to contemplate on scriptures organized in what are called mysteries. Well, I didn't use that structure. I just prayed Mary's prayer as I held the beads in my hands. And as I did, I contemplated on all the worries and the wants, all the unknowns during our journey to adoption. I prayed as I thought about what it would be like to be chosen as adoptive parents. I prayed as I envisioned meeting our birth mother and our birth father. I prayed as I thought about wanting so desperately for this experience to be as close as possible to carrying a child. I prayed as I contemplated holding our daughter for the first time. I prayed as we went through the process of choosing her name. Praying with those beads during the eight months to the birth of our daughter And then the following months, as we waited for our adoption to be finalized, I'm telling you, it just brought me such comfort and such consolation. Well, after our daughter's adoption was finalized, I returned the rosary beads to my friend. And since then, I have bought a couple of rosaries 
and I've received rosaries as gifts. But since that time, praying the rosary has not been my source of prayer. And I share that just to say that prayer is a journey. And the style and type of prayer will change as you change and as your relationship with God changes. There's a quote by a theologian named Ole Hallisby, and it goes like this. To pray is to let God into our lives. He knocks and seeks admittance not only in the solemn hours of secret prayer, he knocks in the midst of your daily work, your daily struggles, your daily grind. That is when you need him most. Well, the first part of that quote is poignant to me because it says to pray, we must let God in. But to let anyone into your heart, into your life, there must be trust. Well, I didn't trust God at the start of our journey to adoption. I was deeply angry with him, and my heart was shut off from inviting him in. I thought God had shunned me. Because all of my prayers for getting pregnant had gone unanswered, or so I thought. But it was truly a gift that our friend was inspired to give me her rosary beads. And today, looking back, I think somehow... God just knew I wasn't ready to let him in. So who better to pray with than Mary, the mother of God? Me and Mary, two women who had expected a child under unusual circumstances. And praying together with Mary was truly a gift from God that I recognized much later. Prayer is God's deepest wish for each one of us. It is the path leading to the fullness of who God created us to be. Prayer is conversation. It's the daily conversation that builds and deepens our relationship with God. Just like any other relationship you care about, we grow in relationship through sharing and listening, spending time together. And let me say this, prayer is not a monologue. Listening is such an important part of our conversation. If we do all the talking, there's no room for the other person to share his or her thoughts. There's no opportunity to grow in understanding of the other person. 
So when we're talking to God, we need to remember to be quiet, to give God a chance to speak, and to listen for what God wants to say to us. And just like with all relationships, all connections, prayer requires our time. It's not going to happen unless we make a way for it. If we don't make a way for relationships, they won't grow. You know, we've made time such a commodity. But each day, we're given the same amount of time. 1,440 minutes. (laughs) So what if each day, you committed to giving God just 1% of your day, 15 minutes. How might that change your life? How might those 15 minutes change your relationship with God, with yourself, with others? Think about that. And you know what? I think God takes what little we give him and he multiplies it in our lives. One of my favorite books about prayer is called Clinging by Emily Griffin. And in the book, she writes this. There is a moment between intending to pray and actually praying that is as dark and silent as any moment of our lives. It is the split second between thinking about prayer and really praying. For some of us, this split second may last for decades. (laughs) So real. I have been there. So what keeps us from praying? Well, I think it can be a number of things. Maybe one is just busyness. Busyness keeps us from praying. I remember so many times when I was over my head with work, and so I would try to stay connected with just like quick flyby prayers. and. Maybe they worked, I don't know, but here's what I do know. You won't be able to create much intimacy with that kind of prayer. Just like you can't grow in a relationship or create intimacy or build intimacy with a person if you just like, you know, have quick flyby conversations. Another thing that could keep us from praying is attachment to worldly desires. Maybe there are worldly things that fill your need for intimacy, at least for now anyway. A great saint named Augustine said this, Our hearts are restless until they rest in God. It's so true. We try to fill that infinite space within us 
with finite things. And maybe they work for a while, but then we feel empty again. Our hearts are restless until they rest in God. As I mentioned earlier, maybe you believe that you were in the world on your own, that what happens to you and your life is the sole outcome of your own work, your own effort. And so there's no need to pray. Sometimes what could keep us from praying is doubt that God is real or the struggle that maybe you know God is present, but at the same time, God is hidden, right? You can't see God. And so sometimes prayer might feel like you're just talking to yourself. Another thing that keeps us from praying is hardness of heart or anger or disappointment, kind of like in my story that I mentioned earlier. It could even be what seems like unanswered prayer. So you've lost hope in God, in prayer. And then I think lastly, what possibly keeps us from prayer is perfectionism, wanting to pray perfectly, to get it right. Well, I heard a minister say this once, and I want to share it with you. He said, don't let perfect prayer get in the way of praying. That really spoke to me. Now, on the other side, What fosters prayer? Well, first and foremost, quiet and silence. We have to remember that God's native language is silence. And so prayer requires an exterior silence as well as an interior silence. We have to quiet our environment And we have to quiet our mind. Also, what fosters prayer is an openness to sitting with God. Sitting with God, you are looking at God and God is looking at you. And let me tell you, this in and of itself is prayer. No words have to be spoken. Just contemplating that you are sitting with God. Now, I've had several people tell me that this makes them feel uncomfortable, the thought that God is looking at them. And usually those individuals have a sense that God is unhappy or God is disappointed with them. And what I usually tell them, and I'll tell you, God is love. God adores you. When you are sitting with God in prayer, God is looking at you in love, with love. So going with that, another thing that fosters prayer 
is trusting in God's character, trusting that God wants the best for you and that God has a plan for you for good and not for harm. Another concept to fostering prayer is called holy leisure. It's an ancient Christian tradition of carving time out, setting aside time to be with God, kind of like wasting time with God. It's strange, I know, in today's society of productivity to think that wasting time is a good thing, but it's necessary. A life of prayer begins with a committed, Set aside time to spend with God. Now, there are many benefits of prayer. And I think probably different benefits for different people at different times of your life. Here are some benefits that I've experienced. One, it increases my intimacy with God. I feel a deep connection. I feel one with God. I see God everywhere and in everything. Prayer also helps me change. It helps me become more like Jesus. When I fail to pray, I feel it immediately. I am more impatient, judgmental. I'm anxious. I'm envious. I get overwhelmed with self-doubt. I'm even less creative and not inspired. And so on the other side of that, with prayer, I am definitely more patient, more loving. And I also experience, I don't know, kind of a profound hope, even when I'm facing huge, grave uncertainty. There's just a calming grace that covers me. Going back to Emily Griffin's book, Clinging, she writes, prayer is, after all, a very dangerous business. For all the benefits it offers us of growing closer to God, it carries with it One great element of risk, the possibility of change. In prayer, we open ourselves up to the chance God will do something with us that we had not intended. I love that. And I know this to be true. I can cite numerous instances when God wanted me to change something in my life, or he wanted me to change the way I was handling something or someone. But that's the true risk of prayer. Prayer reforms the heart of the praying person. Prayer brings us face to face to what is real and true, even if it's something we may not want to face. In the present moment. Here's what I've learned about myself and prayer. For me, nothing, 
Nothing is more important than prayer. Prayer is my life source. Prayer gives me the strength and the courage to do what scares me, what's uncomfortable for me, what I don't want to do, but I know I need to do. Prayer feeds my creativity and it fuels the energy of my efforts. Prayer is my source of hope and healing. You know, it's a well-known fact these days that the majority of the human race has a kind of a magnetic drift toward fear, anxiety, regret, resentment, stress. Sadly, fear is more constant than hope. And for me, prayer increases my hope, which is a welcome distraction from my fears and anxieties. In prayer, I am reminded that God is love. And as the scriptures tell us, perfect love drives out fear. Amen. I think we all need to remember that. Perfect love drives out fear, drives out anxiety, drives out depression. I think it's also important to share that prayer is a journey. And like any other journey, there will be ups and downs, twists and turns. There will be times when you feel connected to God. There will be times when you don't. There will be times when you're not even sure God hears your prayers. But remember this, prayer is a relationship aimed at growing intimacy. Prayer is not about the result or the answer. It's about the relationship. We may pray and pray for something or someone and receive no response, no result, or at least not the desired response or result. But I think the real fruit of prayer is about what happens when we're not actively praying for something. I mean, think about other relationships you have. How would they be if every time you talk to that person, you were always asking for something? Prayer simply instills in us a calming peace and assurance that God knows our hearts. God knows our needs and our desires. And God is always working for our good. And let me just share this. As someone who has heard no in response to prayer, as someone who has heard nothing in response to prayer, I have learned time and time again, God always knows better. God always dreams bigger. And God always has a wiser plan. 
So how do we pray? I get that question a lot. But the answer is, there isn't one way to pray. It's different for everyone. I have often given the advice to pray as you can, not as you can't. And so if you're just starting out or even if you are a seasoned prayer and you want to try something new, start small. Take baby steps. Don't get frustrated. So I put some ideas and suggestions from the ways that I have prayed over the years, and I thought I would share some of them with you. Hopefully they will inspire you. So I already shared that I prayed with the Psalms. I shared that Psalm 27 is my all-time favorite Psalm. But depending on what's going on in my life, I think Psalm 13 and 16 are beautiful. They're very uplifting Psalms. Of course, there's Psalm 23. Most of us know that Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. Psalm 51, oh my gosh, it is a beautiful prayer of repentance. It's the song that David sung when the prophet Nathan helped him to see the gravity of his sins by having an affair with Bathsheba. Psalm 51, look that one up. There are so many others, but Psalm 139, I would say is probably a close second to my all-time favorite. I also shared that I prayed with rosary beads. Now, if you like structure or need structure, this might be the prayer for you. Each 10 beads, there is a correlating scripture to meditate on as you pray Mary's prayer with each of the beads. And as I mentioned earlier, these are called mysteries. If you think you want to try it and you're not sure how to pray the rosary, I have a few extra copies of my favorite rosary booklet, which I'm willing to send free of charge to the first five people who go to our website and join our mailing list. And I'm only offering this because the booklet is no longer in print. And also, if you don't have rosary beads and you're one of those first five people, let me know. I would be happy to send um, a rosary bead along with the booklet. Now, I also pray with the scriptures. I was introduced to this way of praying when I participated in what's called the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius. It's sort of a retreat of deep prayer and intimate relationship building with Jesus. Ignatius designed the exercises for regular people like you and me to help us experience a spiritual conversion. During the journey of the exercises, there are predetermined daily scriptures to read and to meditate on. 
And you meditate on the scriptures like one of two ways. One, sitting quietly for a period of time just to see what God wants to say to you through his word. Or you may be instructed to imagine yourself in the story of the scripture and to be aware of what it looks like, what it smells like, what it feels like. You know, this was and still is a wonderful, amazing way for me to pray. When I made the exercises, I grew immensely in my relationship with God. And I learned firsthand the importance of stillness and quiet. God really does talk to us when we're still. I think this experience was when I really learned how to pray. It was a time of incredible transformation. I think it was when I fell head over heels in love with God. And I think it's also when I realized that God was head over heels in love with me. It's not a Bible study per se, but the journey and the process helped to make the scriptures come alive much more personal and much more meaningful. If you are interested in making the spiritual exercises, either yourself or maybe you're part of a small group that would be interested, let me know. I would love to lead you in the exercises. Another way to pray is by specifically reading through the Gospels. And this is a sure way to get to know Jesus. Each of the Gospels offer a unique perspective of who Jesus is. Each Gospel book captures his time on earth, what he did, what he said, how he responded to situations and to people. They recount the stories and the parables he told, the miracles he performed, how he loved others. He said that he came to show us what the Father was like. And so if you want to get to know what the Father is like, what Jesus is like, read the Gospels. Now, I would recommend starting with the Gospel of John, and then go to Mark, and then Matthew and Luke. Now, there's a book that I use when I'm praying the Gospel scriptures. Unfortunately, it is now out of print, but it's called The Better Part by John Bartunek. And I share the title and the author because maybe you might find uh, a copy of it somewhere um, still out there. But I think it's a perfect guide to praying with the gospel scriptures because it breaks the books into bite-sized chunks, and then it offers a reflection on each small piece that you read. And for me, 
it's a great way to start my day because then I can reflect on what I've read and the reflection that the author has offered as I go through my day. There are other similar books out there that offer reflections on the Gospels and all of the scriptures, really. So go online and find one that you like, find one that resonates with you. Another way to pray is by praying the Lord's Prayer, not from memory, but with intention. And this is an important prayer to truly understand. So many of us were taught the words, and so when we pray that prayer, we pray it from from memory. We, We recite it. But this is an important prayer to really be intentional about. This is the prayer that Jesus taught his followers when they asked him how to pray. This is the prayer that Jesus prayed. And in the prayer, there are six distinct movements. The first three brings us into God's world. We pray your name, your kingdom, your will. The second three movements brings God into our world. We pray, give us, forgive us, deliver us. And so with this prayer, we inhale God's reality into our lives. And then we exhale God's reality out into the world. I love praying the Lord's Prayer. If you want to dive deeper into the meaning of the prayer, there are two really good books that break down the Lord's Prayer and can help you grow in understanding about what the words you pray actually mean. One of the books is called The Lord's Prayer. It's by Romano Guardini. The other is called Living the Lord's Prayer by Albert Haas. Both books are really good, and I promise you, You will not pray the Lord's Prayer again without thinking about the intention and the true meaning of the words. I'll include both of those uh, book titles and authors in our show notes. Now, one of my all-time favorite ways to pray is with worship music. It just lifts my soul and my spirit And the words always seem to just be the words I want to say to God. Depending on what's going on with me, a few of my favorites are If You Want Me To by Ginny Owens. It's a really good one if you're going through some stuff. (laughs) Uh, Reckless Love by Corey Ashbery, one of my favorites. One of my new favorites is Fear Is Not My Future, performed by Brandon Lake and Chandler Moore. And then I would say Most Anything For Me by Maverick City Worship 
or elevation worship. And then there are just so many other amazing artists, um, Audrey Asad, uh, Sarah Kroger, Matt Marr, Chris Tomlin, uh, too many to mention really, but just so many worship songs that bring my soul to an intimate encounter with God. I also pray random prayers all the time. And these are just little utterances that I use when I sit down to pray to clear my mind and kind of refocus my energy on God, or they just come from my heart during the course of the day. Some include, come Holy Spirit. I say that a lot. And sometimes I I say like a whole line with that, like, come Holy Spirit, fill me with the fire of your love. Ignite my thoughts and my words. Another little prayer is my Lord and my God. This is known as the shortest profession of faith, which was uttered by Thomas when he saw for himself that Jesus was risen from the dead. I also will say, speak to me, Lord. Help me to know your presence. I pray that one a lot when I sit down to write a script for one of our podcast episodes. But all of these little prayers matter. They all count. They all make a difference. Now, here's a fun one from Anne Lamott. Anne is a philosopher, an activist, a writer. For me, she is just pure inspiration. She wrote a book called Help, Thanks, Wow. (laughs) I love that title. It was It was inspired by her long-standing idea that prayer should be simple. She would say she gets up in the morning and prays, help me, help me, help me. (laughs) I love that. And she ends her day with, thank you, thank you, thank you. She says, wow is for all the amazing moments when she sees God show up in her life and then filled with wonder, the only utterance is, wow. I love that. Now, for me personally, I typically pray first thing in the morning. I get up, I come downstairs, I make a cup of coffee, and I start thinking about my day what I might struggle with, or what I might need God's help with in my day. And then I sit and I pray, usually one of those short prayers that I talked about, just to clear my mind, um, to kind of just focus on God. Sometimes I'll play a song to just start like lifting my heart to praise God. And then I usually read something from the scriptures. And as I read whatever it is I'm reading, I try to pay attention to what catches my attention, what strikes me. And then I just sit quietly and I ask God to speak to me, to stir my heart. 
And this is usually when a thought crosses my mind, and that could be anything. Sometimes it's God reminding me that I spoke harshly to my husband the night before, urging me to apologize. Or it could be the the name of a person that I know, like it just comes to mind and maybe telling me that I need to reach out to that person. So I just do that. I just sit quiet and just, you know, whatever comes to mind, whatever bubbles up, that's God talking to me. And then usually about 45 minutes to an hour, I close my prayer time, just inviting God into my day, asking for guidance, for his presence to speak to me and for anything that I think I'm going to need, like his help with throughout the day. And then from there, when I go into my day, when I think about God or Like I'll just chat with him throughout the day, like little prayers that I talked about, you know, or just like a friend, I'll say, you're the best when something inspiring or surprising happens. Think about how you might text someone throughout the day to share something good or share something you're struggling with. That's the kind of thing that I say to God throughout the day. So I hope this gives you a few ideas for getting started in praying or in deepening your prayer. Now, if it's been a long time since you've had a fulfilling prayer life, perhaps a personal retreat is needed to kickstart your journey to personal prayer. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, well, gosh, yeah, that's a great idea. But who has the time for a personal retreat? I hear you. And what I've done, and honestly, this is God's inspiration. I prepared a 30-day retreat on paper. And it eases you into daily prayer And then it ends with more challenging prayer ideas. So if you're interested in something like this, let me know. And you can do that by sending a note on our website page or messaging me um, through our Instagram page for details on how to obtain a copy. Now, in the beginning of the episode, I talked about the possibility of praying always, unceasingly, staying prayed up. Is it possible? Well, in my opinion, it is. You know, I always say that my life is a prayer. And I say that because I most often feel connected with God, in relationship with God. And remember, that's what prayer is, right? Relationship with God. And the Spirit of God is in each one of us. And at every moment of every day, God knocks on our door. God wants to speak to us. God waits for us to notice and respond to Him. And that response can be as simple as a chuckle or, I see you, God, or thank you, God. 
It can be as intentional as raising your voice and your hands in praise, singing to God. Or it could be sitting quietly, wasting time with God in holy leisure. But whatever our response is, however we choose to grow in intimacy with God, prayer always exists in the subconscious mind, even though it might not be our conscious thought. If you are open to God and you acknowledge God in your life, try this. When you wake up in the morning, talk to God. It can be as simple as, good morning, Lord. I invite you into my day. Walk with me. Talk with me. Guide me. And when you do this, you have opened the door. You've invited God into your daily mundane life. And everything you do that day is prayer. You are in relationship with God. You are connected with God. Even when you go about your tasks and you forget about God during the day, you are still connected. You are still in relationship with Him, even though you're not thinking about Him. I mean, it's just like with your family and friends, people you love and care about, people who love and care about you. I mean, most likely you're not thinking about them 24-7, right? Regardless, you are always in relationship with them. The same is true in our relationship with God. And even if that relationship isn't the strongest, when you wake up in the morning, God is there. God is already knocking. God is seeking admittance in your life. We invite him in, even if it's a quick prayer. That prayer invites God into your day. That prayer attaches you to God in relationship. This is how we are able to pray always, unceasingly, staying prayed up. Because our relationship continues And we're still connected, even when we're not thinking about God. And you know, prayer can happen anywhere, in your home, in the car, in the supermarket, at work, on a walk. But as you begin to pray consistently, you will begin to change and you will Start growing deeper in relationship with God. And as you grow in deeper intimacy, what happens is you naturally move from that unconscious state of prayer to the awareness of God's voice and his breath within you. I... (laughs) I could talk about this for hours, but I think I've shared enough information 
for you to chew on. So I think I'll end here with one last quote. It comes from a book called Thirsting for Prayer. It's by Jacques Philippe. And so if you're not driving, (laughs) if you're not operating dangerous machinery, take a moment to just stop. Close your eyes and just kind of let this quote pour over you and into you. In prayer, the soul is purified from sin. Charity is nurtured. Faith takes root. Hope is strengthened. The spirit is gladdened. In prayer, the soul melts into tenderness. The heart is purified. The truth reveals itself. Temptation is overcome. Sadness is put to flight. In prayer, the senses are renewed. Lukewarmness vanishes. Failing virtue is reinvigorated. The rust of vices is scoured away. And in this exchange, there comes forth living sparks, blazing desires of heaven, in which the flame of divine love burns. That's a wow for me. Now, maybe our prayer won't have those results every day, but I do know this. If we're consistent in the time we give to God, the time we spend with God in building our relationship with Him, there is incredible fruit, amazing changes, and a peace that surpasses all comprehension. I am a witness to the incredible fruit that prayer and relationship and intimacy with God brings forth. When I am prayed up, I feel free. I react and respond differently to things. I'm softer with myself and with others. I experience a deep sense of peace. I feel reformed, not perfect, but just covered in grace and covered in perfect love. And for me, it just doesn't get better than this. And for sure, the sense of goodness and and tenderness I experience when God and I are walking together is far better than any other alternative. The greatest adventures and moments of my life have begun with prayer. Meeting the man I married. The journey of becoming a mother. Vacations we have enjoyed, the healing process of my wounded self 
or of broken relationships, jobs that I've had throughout my working career, homes we've lived in, my ministry work, our move to Nevada, and yes, this podcast, all resulting from prayer. And so my prayer for you as you reflect on your relationship with God, on your prayer life, is that you might experience some of the blessings that Philippe describes. And so perhaps today, take a few spots of time and think about your relationship with God. Would you like to have a deeper and more personal relationship? Think about your prayer life. How do you stay prayed up? What words describe your current prayer life? What words do you wish described your prayer life? How would you like to grow in prayer? And would any of the ideas I've suggested help you move in the direction you hope to go? Whatever you choose, may you grow in intimacy with the Lord as you pray always, pray unceasingly, and stay prayed up. Amen. This is the Spots of Time podcast, which is produced and hosted by me, Kim Scott. I invite you to go to our website, spotsoftime.net, and leave a comment about today's episode. What resonated? Did you hear anything that inspired you? And if we have inspired you today, You can support our work and help us continue producing this podcast by hitting the donate button on our website. You can listen to Spots of Time for free on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and invite your friends. Also, follow us on Instagram at Spots of Time Podcast. Production Support website development, and social media management by Alexis Jones. Our music, entitled Spots of Time, was written by Michael Upward. Until next time, empower hope and healing.